Welcome to another edition of the Peak Financial Freedom Hour, where we put the focus on retirement and how to get the most out of our financial lives. Today's show will focus on reducing risk, cutting fees, maximizing income, and making sure you can make it through retirement with confidence in your plan. Your hosts are Jim Files and Dan Ahmet of Peak Financial Freedom Group. They are your go-to resource in Northern California for financial education and guidance. They're the authors of several successful books about financial planning, most recently, Mama's Secret Recipe for Retirement Success, co-written with Jack Canfield of Chicken Soup for the Soul fame, which sold more than half a billion copies worldwide. Jim and Dan work exclusively with retirees and those of you nearing retirement. And today, they're going to help you sort through the complexities of the financial world and blaze a clear path ahead. Here's Jim Files and Dan Ahmed. This is the Peak Financial Freedom Hour. I'd like to welcome you to this week's Peak Financial Freedom Hour. This is Dan and Jim, and we're going to cover a lot of data. Um, last week, we were talking about a subject called financial stress, and it really was centered on some studies that have happened lately that show 90% of people report that they are affected, their life is affected by financial stress, and that 34% are losing sleep over finances. We think the 34% was reported a little bit low because um, maybe that's everyone, younger people, middle age, and people getting ready to retire. But if you look at people that are getting ready to retire or have retired, I think the percentage of people that have a hard time sleeping or worry about their money that way is even higher. I think it might be closer to 75%. Yeah. yeah. And, and the reason forward, I think a lot of people that are um, approaching retirement or in retirement, uh, they are managing their own money. I mean, many people have advisors, which is great, but a lot of them are managing their own money. And they've been doing the same thing for the last 40 years, and they don't change the game up when it comes time to retire. They continue to do the same thing. And when markets do what they did last year and what they're doing this year, where we see significant volatility and they see their account bouncing all over the place and they're trying to draw income out of those assets, it becomes very stressful uh, and they start to second guess what they're doing. Well, if they're doing it themselves and the market's going straight up, everything works yep. wonderfully. Yep. And they're champion stock pickers. Yep. They know more than the market. They know more than the advisors, right? And it works great until we have a two-year time yep. period where the market isn't behaving favorably or isn't behaving in a way that you can even make any rational decisions or judgments about it. Give you an example, I have a really smart couple and they know their money. They saved a lot. Um, two years ago, they had been up to about $4.2 million of assets and they had got stuck in the rut of one believing that, okay, everything was going to continue to go up because it's hard not to, yeah. right? It's not their fault. It's hard not to. And then they got stuck in this false sense of needing to hit a magic number. And it's the biggest mistake we see people making. They thought, they had to get to $5 million of assets before they'd be financially secure, not for any reason other than just guessing that yeah. that was the right number because there is no magic number like that. So they had $4.2 million two years ago, planning to retire in the next five, six years. Well, getting to $5 million seemed easy because they'd had a lot of growth. But if they're like a lot of people that's listening right now, that $4.2 million over the next two years, because of being very aggressively invested, especially in a lot of technology, it happened. They're down, they were down to $3 million, three, yeah. between 3 and $3.1 million. And now they're like, how in the heck are we ever going to get to $5 million? It's very, very tough unless we work for another 25 years. But in reality, their $4.2 million was already enough. Right now, their $3 million to $3.1 million is already enough to make sure they hit their magic number. And their magic number has nothing to do with the amount of assets they have, Jim. It has to do with the amount of income that can be created off their assets that then allows them to exceed their monthly budget. Now, just yeah. explain what I just said because I know it might seem more complicated, but 
it's not assets that are important. It's the income, and the income must exceed the budget, which the budget, I think, is the most important document. Well, a lot of people don't understand that. Uh, they've been savers all their life. They're now in their 60s, early 70s. They're retired, and they're still going for growth. They think growth is going to solve their problem. Growth is not going to solve your problem. Growth is going to give you more anxiety. It doesn't mean that you don't need growth in your portfolio. You do need growth in your portfolio long term, but more importantly, you need income. If you look at the average person at 65 or 70, they have 15 to 25 years of life expectancy. So you have to say to yourself, do I want to be stressed out and grow my portfolio uh, and with the ups and downs, or do I want to have enough income to do everything I plan for in my entire life and still leave a lot of money to the beneficiaries? So if you chose the latter, you have to know how to design a plan that is completely different than the plan that you've been using. I shouldn't say plan, the investments you've been in for the last many years. And a plan is the only way that you can do that. And you have to use different asset classes. You have to consider different strategies. You have to be conscious of risk mitigation. You have to understand how to maximize income. You have to get enough income on an after-tax basis to maintain your budget. More importantly, your question, Dan, before I got in a cycle here, was excess cash flow. Yeah. Could you answer my question, please? (laughs) How do you generate excess cash flow above Above the amount of money you're spending on your budget every month. And you do that by generating more income. And that's the only way you can do it. Not how much growth you get, but how much income can you get off your portfolio that's consistent, reliable, and won't run out. The key is no matter what, not worrying about the amount of assets you have. It's worrying about how much income you can now produce off your assets that allow you to have a net after-tax income that's higher than your budget. So let's pretend like your budget's $10,000 a month to pay for everything, including travel. Well, that means you need a minimum of $10,000 a month after taxes, but you never build a plan that only gives you $10,000 a month. We want to build a plan that gives you twelve, thirteen, fourteen, dollars dollars or $15,000 of net after-tax income per month in this example, because you need that excess monthly cash flow. That's the only thing that will make it where you don't worry about your money so much once you retire. I want everyone to think about this. Um, if you're driving, do not do this while you're driving, but when you get home or if you at home, do this. I want you to do that, the Ben Franklin T um, test. And I want you to put down on the left-hand side, everything you're worried about your money. Every single little thing that makes you worry about your money. Is it that there's volatility in the market? If it does, write it down and write down what that means to you. That means, you know, it goes up and down on a daily basis and it freaks you out. Is it the fear of a large loss? Write it down. Is it having something happen like 2001 and two or 2007, eight, nine again? Write it down. If one of your fears is not knowing how to create income off of your assets so that um, you can have a really good lifestyle in retirement, write it down. If one of your fears is running out of money at, at some point during retirement before you die, write it down. If a fear is taxes, if a fear is Social Security, if a fear is leaving money to the beneficiaries, all these things, if it's not, if a fear is not earning acceptable returns, or if a fear really is your lack of financial IQ, not understanding your money, write it down on the left-hand side. Then on the right-hand side, we, I want you to think about and take some time and write down how can you now combat those fears? How can you solve? Because each one of those fears is a problem, Jim. So how can you combat those fears? What must you do to combat that? So let's say if you're worried about risk, it really means you know in your gut you're taking too much risk. So the logical thing would be to reduce your risk. Mm-hmm. If you're worried about your money running out or creating income, then the logical thing to write down would be, I need to create dependable income that won't run out for as long as I live. If you're worried about Social Security, you better then write down, I need to get analysis done that'll show me when the best time to claim Social Security is, which all this has to do with planning. But I think you have to first, in your own head, 
in a heart as a um, consumer, retiree, pre-retiree, is decide you need to make some changes, but go ahead and list all the issues you have right now, and you're probably going to be surprised at how fearful you are about so many different things. Yeah, the problem, Dan, is if, if that consumer that's doing that exercise, that investor, um, is managing their own money or is with an advisor for 30 or 40 years and doesn't really understand their money and they're just invested in the market, you can write the stuff down on the right-hand side, but that's not going to solve it by just saying, okay, I have a bunch of stock funds. I, I'll, I'll get more bond funds to de-risk my portfolio. Um, I need income, so I think I'm going to go ahead and get some dividend-paying stocks and hope there's enough income. That doesn't solve the problem. What solved the problem is when you write that down, if you're dealing with the proper firm that actually does income tax, legacy planning, you can now put together a plan to accomplish all those goals. And you have to, and I'll say this again, you have to use different asset classes to solve that problem. You cannot just use stocks and bonds. It doesn't work. Well, a lot of people out there are going to say, well, Jim, you can use stocks and bonds, and those people will be Wall Street people. They'll yeah. be people that just focus on investment portfolios. There'll be other people on the radio you're listening to say, oh, yeah, you have to use um, a managed portfolio. It's the only way that you're going to um, have growth and get ahead. And it's just not true. You have to make sure, number one, at retirement, you reduce your risk and avoid suffering large losses. Number two, you better create enough dependable income that is going to last for as long as you live. Not maybe, but on a guaranteed basis. And number three, you better understand things such as how your taxes are going to be affected, Social Security, etc. And if you do that and you wrap it inside of a plan now, you have a lot higher probability of success. And if you know in your head and your heart, you have a lot higher probability of success, 100% guaranteed you will worry less. It's not that you'll get rid of all the worries, yeah. but you will worry less when you know you have a higher probability of success during retirement time. Yes, exactly, Dan. And we're going to cover a lot of this on the next section, so stay tuned. During times like these, it's completely normal to be worried about your investments and retirement. A leading cause for financial stress is not having a clear, written, understandable plan or financial roadmap. Clay and Buck here to tell you about a local resource, Peak Financial Freedom Group. For decades, Jim and Dan have taken a hands-on approach to help their clients understand their money, identify risks, and navigate retirement. Their recent book, Mama's Secret Recipe for Retirement Success, co-written with Jack Canfield, hit the Amazon bestsellers list, Peak Financial focuses on proactive planning done by fiduciaries. If you have $500,000 or more saved up for retirement, they're offering a free, no-obligation consultation. To take advantage of this free offer, simply dial pound 250, and when prompted, say the keyword money. Dial pound 250 and say the keyword money. You are tuned in to the Peak Financial Freedom Hour with Jim Files and Dan Ahmed. Welcome back to the Peak Financial Freedom Hour. Dan and Jim here, and we're talking about financial stress. And by not understanding things about your money, what it causes you to go through, and it causes 90% of Americans to worry about their money, it causes at least 34% of Americans to lose sleep. So we have to make sure people are educated so they don't worry about their money as much, and hopefully they can sleep a little better at night. And people always ask, you know, Dan and Jim, what do you really do? Our goal is to help people stop worrying about their money so much. We're never going to eliminate their worries, but we want to help them stop worrying about their money so much. We hear it literally every day from one or more of our clients that they are so happy that they've enacted a plan because the plan is what allows them to not have to worry about their money so much. They don't have to watch the stock market every day. They don't have to worry about a big loss cratering their retirement dreams, and they can now live their life 
in peace. And when you think about it, when you were 20, 25, 30, you started saving money and you did without, you sacrificed. You might have stressed to save that money so that at retirement time, you'd have enough of a big pile of money that would allow you to stop worrying about your money and imagine how the opposite has happened. Right now, yep. you saved, you saved, you saved, you stressed, you worried, you sacrificed, you did without, became a really good saver, you didn't overspend, you don't have a lot of credit card debt, have the house paid off or down, and you're like, okay, I should feel really good, and now at retirement, you worry more about your money than you ever have. It's exactly opposite because you don't have a plan. That's exactly right. And I, I, we'll give you a good example, and we talk about this on our show all the time, is that we believe when you enter retirement or close to retirement, you have to change the game up. You have to go to asset preservation. You have to to preserve those assets you've saved for so long and you have to go to income generation because you're going to be using those assets for income to supplement your social security and and you might also have a pension so we believe that you have to say to yourself okay how do i do this constructively how do i get growth how do i get income and how do i reduce my worries we believe that if you design a three bucket strategy like we do at our firm and you put enough money in the bank to make sure it's safe and secure when the market drops you're not going to worry one bit about it right not a bit if you put enough money in the guarantee bucket where you have lifetime income that will never stop, more income than you possibly would could take off a managed portfolio, you'll give up possibly some of the gain. Right, Market goes up 10%. You may not make 10, but you may make 4 to 6%. But when the market goes down, you will not suffer any losses and you will be less stressful. If you put money in the third bucket, we don't manage money like everybody else does. We use mechanical approaches. We use algorithms to manage your money for risk reduction. We run stop-loss technology every night to make sure that if the market momentum changes intra-month, the technology will actually move you to cash. Now, you're still going to have a little bit of stress because you're in the market, but you're going to have a lot less stress knowing there's a safety net there in place whereby if the market changes quickly, that we're going to move to cash. If you had that type of plan and had enough income generated off that plan, plan, you would worry less. No, across the board. And I think, you know, the overall goal of what you just said there is that you have to reduce your risk and you have to create income. It's that simple. If you don't, you will be going for growth. But what will that force you to be in the position of? It's going to force you, if you're going for growth first, to continue to go through volatility, to continue to be in a position to suffer large losses, which you already know in your guts your heads that that's going to reduce your chances for retirement success simply because of the potential for a large loss. Well, let's cover a couple things right now. And let's cover, how about Social Security? I think that's a big topic out there for a lot of people. And we hear so many times clients getting maybe the wrong information, the wrong advice, but maybe not the accurate information advice. Because what happens is if you go to the source of Social Security, the federal government, you go on their website, you call them, the website says, defer your Social Security till 70, you get 8% more per year. You talk on the phone, you're going to hear this recording that says, if you defer your Social Security 70, you get 8% more per year. And it just sounds awesome. Well, when does the government really ever tell us something that's good for us? (laughs) They're telling you what's good for them. They want you to defer as long as possible because then they don't have to pay the money out. That's what we feel. So instead, we want to do an actual analysis of when you should take your money out from Social Security because, of course, at 62, you'll get less money than you would at 67 or 70, but you'll get it for a longer time period. At age 70, you'll get a lot more money, but you're going to get it for a shorter time period. So when you factor these things in, you have to do a calculation based on what's going to happen. And when people say, 
specifically just flat out, you should always wait till 70. We know that is not the proper recommendation for a majority of the people we have met with. It might be okay for you, but for the majority of people we met with, when we do the calculation, it's completely incorrect because you have to take a lot of things into consideration when you're looking at Social Security. And we always say, Jim, that Social Security benefits and claiming them, it causes mass confusion. People have no idea and they might just falter to whatever their best friend did. And there's a lot of issues to consider. So maybe why don't you cover this first one? One of the big decisions is that benefit amount. When you're looking at um, claiming it at 62, 63, 64, 65, 67, normal retirement age or 70, you know, you have to look at benefit amounts. And then in a little bit later, we'll talk about how we do the tests. So just talk about why in a monthly basis and a daily basis for their lives, why is it important to then look at all your benefit amounts? Well, first of all, it, it, it depends obviously on each individual couple. Um, are you uh, married or are you not married? Do you have a job or not have a job? Is your spouse working and you're not? Are you retiring at you know 63 and you need the income or is there enough money coming off your spouse's income to support you? So there are a lot of things we have to consider, but when you do the math, uh, we actually build our own social security calculators here so that we can actually run the numbers for you and produce a printout to show you very simply when you should take Social Security from a mathematical perspective. But why is the benefit amount, we'll, call, we'll uh-huh. cover the calculator, why is the benefit amount important overall with all their other income sources and what they're trying to build as far as income on a monthly basis? Well, I mean, it's more income, right? I mean, if you if you start your income earlier, you have more income to spend uh, while you're in retirement. And if you wait, yes, as you mentioned, Dan, you're going to have an increase every year of about 8%, but that doesn't mean it's the right choice. So when you're looking at determining, okay, do I need the money? Most cases, they do. They need the money. So if you need the money, do you want to have the government keep it and pay you at a later date? Or do you want to start your pension earlier? And it's just like, you know, you leave a job. If you had a pension for the state of California or you were a teacher, and when you left your job, did you tell your administrators, hey, don't pay me that pension, pay me in seven or eight or nine years? More than likely, you took the pension now, but you had to be convinced why it was appropriate to take it now. Definitely, because there's so much information out there. Well, you know, benefit amounts, I think it's important to look at what's happening because like you just said, you got to fit it in as part of your overall plan and look at when you retire, do you have pension? Do you have rental income? Do you have assets we're going to take income off of and build a plan around it? Because choosing social security shouldn't just be, oh, boom, I'm taking the max amount at 70. It should be a vital part of the planning process, not just someone says, well, you get the most at 70. Don't fall for that. And we know a lot of people are getting that type of advice from advisors out there. You can't fall for that. How about this one? How about the penalty that you might get from Social Security if you work past age 62. Um, If you make right now, I believe the number is about $19,000. If you are between age 62 and 67, for most people that's called normal retirement age, below 67, if you make income, if you make up to $19,000 approximately, you don't lose any of your Social Security. But if you make more than $19,000, every $2 above $19,000 you make, you lose $1 of your Social Security until you hit Um, normal retirement age, then you can make as much money as you want. So if someone ultimately makes, let's say, $60,000 of income, at that point, they are $41,000 above the $19,000 number. So they would lose $20,500 of their Social Security, almost all their Social Security. So in that case, we would tell them, don't claim your Social Security yet if you're still working. Let's wait and claim it until after you stop working or until after you stop making that $19,000. So stay tuned with us next section. We're going to continue on Social Security and talk about how you better not be making the government your beneficiary. 
about your investments, uncertain income, and not having a clear written retirement plan? Clay and Buck here to tell you help's available from a local resource, Peak Financial Freedom Group. For decades, Jim and Dan have acted as fiduciaries building written plans for their clients. If you save $500,000 or more for retirement, call right now for your free, no obligation consultation, second opinion, and written retirement income plan. You may also qualify to receive a free signed copy of their Amazon best-selling book and a free $100 Amazon gift card. Call right now for your free consultation and to find out if you qualify. Simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and when prompted, say the keyword money. Again, dial pound 250, keyword money. That's pound 250, keyword money. It's time to get back to the show. Once again, here's Jim Files and Dan Ahmed on the Peak Financial Freedom Hour. You're back with Dan and Jim at the Peak Financial Freedom Hour. We're talking a lot of good information today and some subjects people have asked us to talk more about, taxes, Social Security, etc. So right now we're in the middle of a Social Security um, education, Jim. And one of the things we talked about earlier was, you know, how to be concerned about making sure you know what your benefits amounts are going to be. We talked about how deferring till 70 might not work. And we're going to talk about that when we get into our calculator. We talked about the major penalty could be there if you claim Social Security um, below normal retirement age, which is 67, and you still work. But how about this one? People don't even realize this. They could potentially be making the mistake of making the government their beneficiary. And does anybody really want to make the government their beneficiary versus their real beneficiaries? No, but many, many people make that mistake because many, many people don't do the calculation to determine when you should actually turn on Social Security to so it's in your best interest. And if you wait till 70, it may work for you and it may make sense. But if we run the math behind the scenes, I promise you more than likely if you're retired, it's going to tell you to turn on Social Security earlier. So let's say, take for example, you're 62 and you decide that you're going to defer Social Security until 70 because you think that's the best choice. Well, if you do that, and let's say you your Social Security was going to be $25,000 a year. Let's just make that as an example. That means you're going to have to pull $25,000 off of your portfolio in the form of income if that's what you needed to support your lifestyle. So you're going to draw down your portfolio assets, which means your beneficiaries eventually are going to get less money. But why? Because what happens with the Social Security when you die? It stops, right? And who's the beneficiary? Exactly. The, the government. government. The government is. Whereby, if you did it differently, let's just say the math, and we were able to prove this to you mathematically, stated that you should start Social Security earlier. So let's say you started it at 62. And let's just say it was $25,000 a year. For the next eight years, you're going to get $25,000 a year from Social Security. If you had taken that money off your portfolio, the extra $200,000 would have evaporated. And if you passed away at age 70, that means that the government got all your beneficiary, got the benefits of your money because you never started until 70. So it does make sense uh, that you do the proper calculation to make sure you are taking Social Security at the right age. Well, think about it. If you're listening right now, do you want to make the beneficiary of your money the government? Or do you want to make the beneficiary of your money your kids, your grandkids, your charities? And we already know the answer. It's just no one has posed the question like this to you because no one has explained it this way to you. And you better have these things explained this way. Otherwise, you will make bad decisions that will go against what you want your money to do for you. Um, how about this one? It's just a topic because this is tough, but um, future Social Security changes. You know, what's going to happen there? And no one knows. We know right now it seems like it's a freight train. Social Security is a freight train going at 100 miles an hour, and there's a cliff at some point in the future. We just don't know where it's going to be. Um, reduction of benefits, um, re- changes to Medicare system, all these things can happen. We just don't know when 
how and who it's going to affect. So you just have to understand that. And I think even that poses the push for a lot of people where it could be better to take Social Security earlier, knowing that there's probably, and you have to decide this for yourself, but we think there's a higher probability benefits will get reduced and watered down in the future versus what you're getting now. So we kind of think it's kind of nice to take what you can get when you take when you can get it, especially from the government. And then longevity is another item that we always cover when it comes to the scenario of um, how long are you going to live and how will Social Security be there because of then the types of tests we're going to run. So maybe explain the, the three tests that we run when we do a Social Security calculation. And we do this for anybody who hasn't claimed Social Security because we want to make sure when we give advice, it's supported by actual facts, data, and something the client can understand then is in their best interest to follow that recommendation. Yeah, for every single Social Security calculation we do for clients, uh, we run a set of three tests. Number one, an annual income test. Number two, a cumulative income and what we call a break-even test. And number three, a future value of income. It's more of an investment analysis test. So, Dan, why don't you take each one of those and kind of explain to the audience how those tests actually operate. Okay, so let's look at the the first test, and maybe you can uh, let them know what this really means. At 62, let's assume, and I'm going to round the numbers off, you're getting $24,000, Okay. That's if you take it at 62. If you wait to 67, you're getting almost 34,000. So it went from 24 to 34. Then at age 71, you're getting about $41,000. So of course, the 41,000 looks bigger, but what's happening just in that scenario when we're talking about that, uh, maybe relate to what you talked about as far as having to take other income out of the assets. Now, if you're retired or very soon to be retired and you need income off your assets, you have to say to yourself, where do I'm gonna, am I going to get that income from? Do I want to get it from the government for part of my income or do I want to get it from my assets for all the income? You have to decide. If you're saying I am short a certain amount of money or what's the biggest benefit I'm going to get from taking it off my assets or from Social Security, you have to run these calculations. And yes, it's, it's enticing to say to yourself, if I wait every single year after 62 up to age 70, you're going to get an percent increase. That is true, but you can't get hung up on that number. You have to actually do a calculation to determine where your break-even point is. So Dan, so, so explain test, that. Yeah, so test one shows, of course, waiting till 70 gives you more income, 41,000 versus 34,000 versus 24. But you now have to run the break-even analysis. The second test, was which, which is cumulative income. So you have to add up all the income you would have gotten if you claim Social Security at 62, and when you got it in that first year, the second year, third year, add all that up. Then if you waited till 67, when you started the $34,000 of income, how much that would have accumulated by adding each year's amount to that. And at 70, well, at 70, you don't get to start adding the money until age 70. So it makes it a long time period. And I think then when we look at this type of test, we're going to go over the numbers when we get back. Stay with us because you're going to want to hear these numbers. Very important to understand how. $24,000 a year could be significantly more beneficial to you than $41,000 a year. During times like these, it's completely normal to be worried about your investments and retirement. A leading cause for financial stress is not having a clear, written, understandable plan or financial roadmap. Clay and Buck here to tell you about a local resource, Peak Financial Freedom Group. For decades, Jim and Dan have taken a hands-on approach to help their clients understand their money, identify risks, and navigate retirement. Their recent book, Mama's Secret Recipe for Retirement Success, co-written with Jack Canfield, hit the Amazon bestsellers list. Peak Financial focuses on proactive planning done 
by fiduciaries. If you have $500,000 or more saved up for retirement, they're offering a free, no-obligation consultation. To take advantage of this free offer, simply dial pound 250, and when prompted, say the keyword money. Dial pound 250 and say the keyword money. You're listening to the Peak Financial Freedom Hour. To learn more about Jim Files and Dan Ahmed, visit peakfin.com. That's peakfin.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. You're here with Dan and Jim on the Peak Financial Freedom Hour, and we're talking about a lot of subjects today that cause you financial stress. The main reason you feel financial stress is you don't understand your money. Someone has not walked you through the process of some of the most basic but confusing things you have to go through, such as the wonderful world of Social Security. We call claiming Social Security benefits equal to mass confusion. Right now, we're talking about how we have created our own calculator calculations to help you choose the best time to claim your Social Security. And it's not just a black and white, well, yeah, wait till 70 and you get more dollars. Well, because if you wait till 70, of course, you're going to get more dollars. We're going over an example right now that someone who claimed their Social Security at 62 gets $24,000 a year. If they wait till normal retirement age, which is 67, they get $34,000 a year. If they wait till age 70, maximum, retirement for social security they get $41,000 a year. So of course 41,000 looks good. I'm going to choose that option. Not necessarily. What if now you look at all the income you would have gotten in total from age 62 on if you claim your benefits at 62, then you look at all the income you would have gotten if you would have waited till 67 and you add all those benefits up or what if you waited till 70 you get your 41,000 and add all those benefits up. Assuming all social securities get about a 1.5% raise, and I think the raise over the last 40 years has been about 3.82%. So let's just assume 1.5%. If you claim your benefits at 62, you would not have more money from age 67 until you got to age 81. So the break-even is age 81. If you claim it at 70, you would not win or have the best decision to take it at 70 until you got to age 84. So in our estimation, when you look at that, that's a 19-year time period to break even. That's too long to hope that you're going to break even if you waited till 67. And then if you go to um, the next one, it's going to be 23 years, 23 years to have it be a better decision at age 70. And the reason for that is if you don't take the benefits at 62 and you wait till 67, that's five years of benefits. And if you if it was $25,000 a year difference over that f- five-year period, that means you have to make up the $125,000 at age 67 going forward. So that break-even point gets extended out there until you're in the, in 80s in many cases, whereby unless you live until that age categorically, it would have been better to take it earlier. And if you're using income and needing income, why pull the income off your assets and draw your in, your asset value down when indeed you could have drawn income from the government. How about this one? Here's a pretty cool little analysis. Let's say you look at starting benefits at 62 versus 6770. The total payments you would received by age 72, if you took it at 62, are projected to be 283000 mm-hmm. If you waited and took your benefits at age 67, you're only up to 209000 Yeah. And if you waited to take your benefits at 70 because you've only gotten three years, 70, 71, 72, you're only up to 127000 That's how significant a difference. And just this calculator we use, I think, is so powerful. And I really like it, not just for these first two things we, we do. I think one of the most powerful calculations is what we call the future value. It's how much 
are your social security payment streams worth in comparison to each other if you would have taken it 62, 67, 70 to simplify it, pretend like you don't need any of this income and you're just trying to make the best financial decision as an investment. So now you take all the income you would have gotten at age 62 on, assuming a 1.5% increase each year, which is a little bit, and you now invest that and you earn 5%. Then you wait and you claim your benefits at 67, we do a new calculation that says you take all that income, which was $34,000 at 1.5% raises and invest that and get 5% from that point on. Or you wait till 70, you get a lot more money, you get 41,000. And now with that amount of money, you invest that and earn 5%. Age 62 beats 67 and 70 all the way through your age 90, meaning you would have more money in an account. Still at age 90, because you took your social security, the smaller amounts earlier, Jim, yeah, and you believe, again, that the Social Security Administration and the federal government hasn't done these calculations? Of course they have. Of course they have. If you call Social Security, they're going to tell you to defer till 70. Because what happens if you don't, if you defer till 70, they don't owe any money until 70. Number two, what if you die before that time? They didn't pay you a thing. And number three, your beneficiaries got nothing at all. So they're doing these same calculations. We've just put it in a format where you can understand it and look at it three distinctively sets of tests that you can say to yourself categorically, this is the exact date when I need to draw Social Security. Well, let's look at a quick question we've received in the past. And this was someone who um, had written in, called in, I forget, maybe the website and said, you know what, I'm 63 now. I could have taken Social Security at 62. Um, everyone keeps telling me to wait till 70. I get a small pension. I have assets, but I need a lot of income on a monthly basis from my assets. I'm thinking about deferring Social Security and taking more money out of my assets. Well, this is exactly what we've been, we've been talking about. We have to do the analysis, but I would bet the analysis is going to say you better start claiming your benefits now at 63. We're not making a recommendation that you do this without proper help and guidance, but I would bet it's probably going to be more beneficial for them to take their income from Social Security at 63 and use their assets to take income off of to meet their budget, but take less income off their assets between 63 and 70 rather than wait and maximize their social security benefits and use up all their assets first. That's exactly right. I had a client come in yesterday and they just turned 67. They want to go to a trip, six-week trip. They need to buy a new a new pickup in order to pull, pull their fifth wheel and they're going to take social security at 69. When I did the math behind the scenes for them, they were going to be 83 where, where it made sense to do that. I said, listen, why don't you just turn on social security, buy your truck, make your monthly payments. After tax, you're still going to have an extra $15,000 a year and enjoy that. And they were ecstatic, but until I ran the math, they didn't know what to do, Dan. Well, that's planning. Hopefully you enjoyed this um, show and look for more information just like this next week. We hope to see you soon. Do you worry about your investments, uncertain income, and not having a clear written retirement plan? Clay and Buck here to tell you help's available from a local resource, Peak Financial Freedom Group. For decades, Jim and Dan have acted as fiduciaries building written plans for their clients. If you save $500,000 or more for retirement, call right now for your free, no obligation consultation, second opinion, and written retirement income plan. You may also qualify to receive a free signed copy of their Amazon best-selling book and a free $100 Amazon gift card. Call right now for your free consultation and to find out if you qualify. Simply dial pound 250 on your cell phone and when prompted, say the keyword money. Again, dial pound 250, keyword money. That's pound 250, keyword money. Investment advisory services are offered through Fiduciary Solutions, LLC, a California registered investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results and securities may lose value. Insurance products and services are offered through PFFG. 
Insurance Agency, LLC. California Insurance License Number 0N14013. Dan Ahmed, California Insurance License Number 0732913. And Jim Files, California Insurance License Number 0F06511.